one and only Adam Cuello. He is host of the Mindful Fire podcast. He's also got a fascinating story. He works at Google. We're going to dive into career as well as mindset tips and ways to think about visualizing the desires and outcomes you want and making that making that practical. So, so welcome, Adam. Thanks so much, Joel. It's great to be here with you. My pleasure. I'm excited to dive in. So tell us your story with career and almost losing your job at Google and how this all played out. What's the drama? Oh boy, where do I begin? Well, you talk to a lot of people kind of in the career space looking to improve their life and their career. Have you ever talked to somebody who talks who says, if only this would happen, then everything would be great and I'd be happy? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I had that story as well. And I help people overcome that and move beyond that to craft the life they love and make work optional using mindfulness, envisioning, and financial independence. And as I said, that was me. I had this story that if only I could be an entrepreneur and leave Google, then I would be successful and then I could be happy, right? Because I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I had this story that if I left, success meant leaving Google. Obviously, not the most useful story. And turns out, I got exactly what I asked for. And I was called into my manager's office three months into this, what should have been my dream job uh, as a kind of a UX program manager. Uh, And he sat me down and he said, Adam, your job's been eliminated and you have three months to find a new job. And I came within 30 days of losing my job at Google. And we can go into that if you like, but basically it kind of was a wake-up call for me. It was a wake-up call for me that the stories that we tell ourselves are incredibly powerful. And there's some brain science to back this up, and we can go into as well to make this really practical. But the, the story has a happy ending, but I found myself 30 days before the deadline of having to have a job or leave Google. And I realized that what I was doing, the mindset that I was bringing to this job search was not serving me. It was not, I I had so many interviews, internal, external, so many conversations. And at the end of that, at 30 days before the deadline, I had a total of zero job offers. And I started freaking out and realized this is not working. Let me try something different. And so I remembered these tools of mindfulness and envisioning And I decided, well, I got nothing else to lose. I might as well really try them. And so I started to practice this envisioning practice, which is really getting really clear on what I wanted and then practicing that vision in my mind using an affirmations practice. Um, And I finished that 30 days with not one, but two offers, one internal and one external, and was able to continue my career at Google and subsequently have used this envisioning practice to achieve all sorts of incredible things in my career, um, promotions, uh, international rotations, um, including the podcast that I now lead and the business that I'm now building on the side. All of this kind of came out of this rock bottom moment where I essentially told myself a story, got what I wanted, well, got what I asked for, not what I wanted, and then kind of use this tool to kind of dig myself out of this hole and 
kind of launch into this new chapter of my career and life. I love this. And I would love to dive in more to the science of it because people might hear affirmations or visualization and they have an association with those words with something that's more fluffy or ethereal. And it's kind of put in this compartment and it doesn't seem like, oh, if I'm job hunting, I need to make sure I meditate. It's just like those dots don't always get connected. And I love to help people connect those dots to, to realize that you know, that old adage, if you have eight hours to chop down a tree, take six hours chop, um, sharpening the axe type idea where if you take time out of your day to do this visualization, that's priming the mind, that's sharpening the axe, that's preparing you to go execute with greater precision and, you know, efficacy. So tell us more about how, you know, affirmations and visualization and so forth is something that's science-based and an actual practical tool if you're a job hunter and so forth? Yeah, that's a great question. And I can see why the question would be like, why someone would wonder like, what does this have to do with my career search? What does this have to do with interviewing and finding opportunities? And, you know, when when I was in this situation where I was essentially laid off, right? They didn't have a mass layoff like they had recently and on tech companies are having now, but my job was eliminated and I had to find a new job. And my first thing was, let me just charge at it. Let me just go. Let me just try to apply to as many, have conversations, all these things. But what I wasn't aware of is was the story that I was telling myself, right? Because it's often below the surface. And so what I like to teach, you know, and I've taught this now, and I mentioned this next kind of phase of my career, I've taught this to 2,500 Googlers through a program called Search Inside Yourself, which teaches emotional intelligence and leadership through mindfulness and through programs that I've created myself. And what I always say is that you're envisioning whether you're aware of it or not, right? And so getting down to the practical brain science of this that I often, that I always teach because it's so important, there are two things I want you to know about your brain. The first is the idea of neuroplasticity. This is the idea that everything you think feel and pay attention to changes the structure and function of our brains. And, you know, our brains used to be thought that or neuroscience used to think that at a certain age, your brain was just fixed. But now recent studies have shown over the last five, 10 years that actually our brains are changing all the time throughout our entire life. And just like when you work a you know, a muscle on your body over and over again, it gets stronger. The same thing is happening in your mind with the neural connections. And so everything you think, feel, and pay attention to changes the structure and function of your brain. So if you think about any skill you've ever learned, right? Playing guitar, for instance, right? At first, everything is very uncomfortable. The sounds make no sense. The notes are foreign. Even the finger movements and holding the guitar can be uncomfortable. But as you practice more and more, those things become easier because the neural connections associated with them in your brain become stronger and become like well-worn paths right through a field. And so that's the first thing. And the second thing I want you to know about your brain is that it's predictive in nature. It's predicting all the time based on the neuroplasticity. And so uh, this study from a woman named Regina Polly, she published an article called The Predicting Brain based on this study. And she says that even before events happen, our brain makes a prediction of what's most likely to happen. 
and sets in motion the thoughts, perceptions, emotions, and even physiological responses for what's expected. She goes on to say, in a sense, we learn from the past what to predict for the future, and then we live the future we expect, right? And so the way I think about this is we're telling ourselves stories about how our life is going to be, and then we're acting out those stories, right? And, you know, I think everyone's had an experience where, you know, for instance, when my wife was pregnant with our first son and our second son, suddenly there were pregnant women everywhere, right? Or someone gets a new car and suddenly that car is everywhere, right? Have you had that experience, Joel? Oh, yeah. Right? It's not that those pregnant women or those cars are newly there. It's just that you're uh, ready to see them. And you mentioned this before. It's priming your mind to be ready to see things. And so getting back to the practicality of visualization and affirmations, these are the very things that got me through this difficult time. In that 30-day period where I had my back against the wall and I was about to lose my dream job at Google, I put these to practice. And essentially what I did is is I I visualized, I did an affirmations practice and I'll, I'll just kind of share with the audience now what it is. I sat down I calmed my mind and my body through just focusing on my breath for a couple minutes. Once I did that, I stated a belief or a mindset that I wanted to have as I showed up in this job search. So for instance, the two that I did was the world. The first one was the world is abundant with opportunity. I wanted to see lots of opportunity, right? I was looking for a job. I wanted opportunity. The second was, I don't worry about doing things right or wrong. I just take action, which leads to learning, progress, and growth. These were the mindsets or beliefs that I wanted to embody as I approached this challenge. And as, and so the visualization piece comes in when I would, I would sit there, I would say it out loud. The world is abundant with opportunity. And then I would visualize how was this true in the past? I would clearly as I could in my mind see times where opportunities came my way, where I got the job at Google, where I got a new friend or a new opportunity or something in my startup that I had before Google came my way, right? Then I would say it again, the world is abundant with opportunity. How is that true in the present? I would visualize how is that true in my life right now? And then I would do it, say it one more time, and then visualize how will that be true in the future? I started to visualize opportunities coming my way, friends reaching out to me, telling me, oh, you should talk to this company or this team has had count, so on and so forth. And so effectively, what I was doing with that practice, the combination of choosing these beliefs, saying them affirmatively, affirming them, that's simply what affirmations is, just making a statement. And I was backing it up with evidence, right? And so I was priming my brain. I was Essentially, uh, the way I think about it is I was planting seeds in my mind of the things that I wanted. And I was not only doing that because I was visualizing the past and the present, I was giving real proof to my brain that this is already true. And so our brains don't know the difference of what is true or not, right? We can use this predictive nature to choose a new story. And so as I started visualizing into the future how these beliefs would be true, I started to plant those seeds. And then when I went out in the world off the cushion, so to speak, amazing things started to happen. I started to notice opportunities everywhere. 
I started to reach out to friends in ways that I hadn't before. I started to have conversations, ask for introductions. Friends would come to me with that their team has headcount. And ultimately, that's how I ended up on the team that I ended up on at Google is someone I worked with in my first job reached out and said, hey, our team has headcount now because I had reached out to her and, and taken these actions along the way. So, Yeah, I love it. And I, I love to emphasize in this topic that I think people have questions about like law of attraction, this might be called, and the metaphysics of that mm-hmm. is in you know books and the movie The Secret and, and people have associations with these types of things as uh, almost like a magical thinking type lens where, oh, if I do these visualizations, then then my job hunt, my job hunt will magically begin to unfold in a positive way. And first of all, I would ask people to become aware of that perspective in, in and of itself is a story you're telling. Um, mm-hmm. So just even just be being conscious of that. Um, but also just recognizing that it doesn't have to be explained through some metaphysical, you know, magical perspective. It's just perhaps, again, the neuroplasticity, the and there's a region of the brain called the reticular activating system where we yep. create these images of our desired outcomes. And if nothing else, it's just basic psychology of we're telling ourselves, you know, affirmative stories and it's creating a self-fulfilling prophecy. When we start to choose that empowered mindset, then we go find ways to fulfill it, right. To fulfill what we already believe. Um, so I think at the very least, if someone's listening, who's new to this type of thing, I always invite people to be experimental, right. To be curious and, and test things out and see how could this be true? You know, so even just taking, you know, when I was making my career change, taking two to five minutes and doing visualization work, um, I was reading, have you, have you, have you read the book, the master key system? I have not. Yeah. It's like from 1912, this like super mm. sort of, it's very dense in, in the language, but it's just so potent. In uh, and talking about this this stuff of visual visualization, and he has you do all these exercises to train the mind. Um, but I remember just doing even just two to five minutes of that in the morning can have a huge impact on your day. Um, so yeah, it's it's inviting for people who might be feeling you know, then maybe they're just laid off, or maybe they're feeling overwhelmed and, and feeling frustrated in seeking that next opportunity. It's like, hey, hold on, maybe just take a step back and again prime the brain. And start noticing that's where the mindfulness comes in right just even just noticing mm-hmm. what stories you're telling yourself and then say okay do i want to keep that story and what new story do i want to create you know absolutely yeah and, and that's what i always tell people is like mindfulness which i simply think of as a, bringing a kind curious awareness to whatever's happening in your mind your body and your external environment just oh it's like this Oh, there's that story again. Oh, there's there's that. Oh, I'm not good enough or I'm doing it wrong, right? Those are some of my, what I call the greatest hits, you know, that the stories that come up again and again and again. And over time, as you practice mindfulness, you can start to relate to those differently, right? They go from being unaware and below the surface and kind of driving you without you even knowing it, right? The first 26 years of my life before I had this practice, I was driven by these these uh, stories of not being good enough, doing it wrong. And I wasn't even aware of it. But like you said, bringing them to light, bringing them into awareness allows you some freedom from them, some space. And then you can choose, is this useful? 
If it's not useful, you can just let it go. Certainly it will come up again, but each time you can notice, choose to ask the question, is this useful? And then let it go again. And then envisioning is all about choosing a new story. And then you practice that story with affirmations and visualization, right? Or journaling, right? There's, there's a lot of different ways you can practice this. But, you know, for anyone who, who, you know, is kind of off put by the idea of manifestation or the universe, I got my quotes. I'm, I'm doing quote fingers here, everybody. A lot of quote fingers because, yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I don't have anything against these things per se, yeah. but I like to keep it super practical, right? Like I'm teaching this to engineers at Google, yeah, right? Yeah. They are not into getting your vibe right and aligned <laughs> with the universe, guys. Okay. So, you really, if you're feeling that and you're like, this, I, I don't know, this is not for me, just think of it as planting and watering seeds, right? Get clear on what you want through a journaling exercise. And actually, Joel, I, I put together a free guide, a free envisioning guide for your audience um, that they can check out and kind of take the first step to get clear on what that vision is for their life. And they can get that at mindfulfire.org slash Joel. Um, mindfulfire.org slash Joel. And once you have clarity around what you want, then you can just practice it and plant those seeds and water those seeds. And over time, as you said, experiment with it, right? Don't believe anything that I'm saying, try it for yourself and start to notice when things start to fall into place that are aligned with them. And as Joel said, you know, you're priming your mind. So you're becoming more ready to see these things. And because of your reticulating activating system, reticular activating system, you will just start to to notice these things. You're starting to confirm what you already think and amazing things start to happen. So, and as I said before, you're doing this, whether you're aware of it or not. And I was doing this to the negative, right? I was telling myself success meant leaving Google every day. I was telling myself this story. And when I had, when I eventually got what I asked for, and lost my job. At first, I was telling myself, I don't want to be an account manager. I don't want to be an account manager. So I essentially was cutting off the whole realm of jobs that was aligned with my experience. Not the most useful thing, right? When I switched to the world is abundant with opportunity, I'm open to any opportunities. Then I started to see these things. And guess what type of job I eventually took? An account management job. And it was amazing. And It was for a wonderful boss who supported me and invested in me in doing becoming a facilitator of these programs and all these things came out of that. So if I stuck with the story, I don't want to be an account manager, none of this would have ever happened. So we're doing it whether we want to or not. We can choose to do it in a way that serves us. That's the, you know, that's the long and short of it. I love the the garden metaphor and the planting seeds and Louise Hay talks about tending to your mental garden and mm-hmm. being aware both of, as you alluded to, planting new seeds of, of positive, healthy beliefs, also being aware of perhaps the weeds in the garden. Mm-hmm. And when you say these affirmations, I, I think a lot of people have struggles with affirmations because they'll do something and then they don't see the results because they have a deep um, um, subconscious belief that's in opposition to that affirmation. Um, and so what you need to do when you, when you do affirmations is become mindful of what resistance you have to the affirmation 
deep down um, and then begin to let go of that energy, let go of that belief or whatnot so that you can make space, you know, pull up that weed and then make space to plant the new seed. So yeah, really just opening yourself up to the idea of this, this metaphor of the garden and seeing what is actually going on in the conscious, in my, in my consciousness and what am I believing and what's, what's getting in the way and not assuming that, um, what you're seeing in reality is completely separate from how you are perceiving it, what lens you're choosing, right? Like I, I do believe there's objective reality exists and the way, you know, again, like seeing the new car everywhere, seeing, seeing the women who are pregnant everywhere, the way you are, the, the lens you are seeking to put on to view that objective reality, um, is really impacting your actual experience. Um, so, okay. I wanted to, I wanted to take some time because I know you talk about money and financial independence and mm-hmm. the people I work with, I've, I've seen a lot and I've seen myself, the limiting beliefs around money. And I would love to hear you flesh out your experience with this, because I think this is maybe the number one topic for people um, that holds them back because they're, especially if you're looking for a job and you like, you might feel an urgency to, to bring in the, the paycheck and, and, you know, going for your dream seems like a luxury or whatever, like um, finding new stories to tell surrounding abundance and surrounding money and, and what's possible for you, how much money you, you could, you could be making um, and letting go of these old stories. I'd, I'd love to hear you flesh out more your, your take on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, my podcast really explores these two passions of mine, mindfulness and financial independence, retire early. Right. And, you know, I liked the fire movement, you know, the, the RE, the retire early. It's not that important to me. The way I think about it is reprioritize early. Right. But Mm. kind of coming back to uh, money, right. There's so, we have so many stories about money. We have so much, emotion around money, right? It's such a big part of our lives and a lot of people ignore it. And it's, it's tough, man. It's, it's not easy to start to untangle these things and mindfulness. The way I think about the kind of intersection point of these two things is awareness and choice, right? Just like I can be aware of the story I'm telling myself and choose a new story. The same thing is true of money, right? I can ignore it or I can become aware of the truth of it, right? My financial situation, right? How much to, how much money do I have? How much debt do I have? Some people don't even want to look, right? And I get it, right? It's, you know, if especially if you've made some bad decisions as we all have, we don't want to look at it. We don't want to talk about it. But nothing is going to we're not going to improve. We're not going to move to where we want to go if we aren't willing to confront it with kind, curious awareness of mindfulness. And so we can become aware you know, what does my life cost? Right. And what that's kind of the, the, the first step. How much money do I make? How much money do I spend? Is there a gap there on the positive side or the negative side? And once I'm aware of what I'm spending my money on, then I can choose, right? That's where the choice comes in. Is this what I value? Is this what I want to be spending my money on? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Then you can start to then you can start to adjust and bring that more into alignment with your values and you can start to move in the right direction. But another way to think about it is, you know, more to your question, we need to start to become aware of the stories that we have about money, 
right? And and some things that I've I've found useful in this, and guests on my podcast have shared with me is, you know, what was my earliest lesson about money, right? How did my parents talk about money? Did they talk about money or did they not talk about money, right? And I I did this. And this is a perfect example of something that you can do as a journaling exercise, right? I think journaling is an incredible tool. Just sit down with a pen and paper and write whatever comes to mind, stream of consciousness, just get it out there and explore. And for me, when I asked myself these questions, like what, what was my first lesson about money and like what related to my parents, I had these memories of like conflict, right? Conflict around some of these business, some, some business ventures that my dad was pursuing that were not going well, right? And what was the lesson that I took away from that? It was don't risk your money, don't invest in yourself, don't invest in your project, be safe, right? If taking these risks is going to lead to conflict in your family. And like I'm saying this now, I'm still discovering this, but you have to be willing to look and ask the questions and be curious to what's there, right? You don't need to share this with anybody, right? Certainly don't need to go on a podcast and share it necessarily, but you do, it is very helpful to start to ask these questions and look at the, the, the situation. Because for me, I realized that I'm unwilling to invest in myself and my projects, right? Like hiring an editor for my podcast for like a hundred dollars was like, oh no, I can't do that. But I'll go out to dinner and spend a hundred dollars on dinner without even thinking about it. Or the stock market will go up. You know, my portfolio will go up $10,000 or down $10,000 in the day. I don't think about that. But investing in myself, oh no, I can't do that. That's too risky. And so this awareness has allowed me to understand like why that is. And so I'd really encourage people to ask, you know, just those questions. And, and there are many more that you can Google online. I'm sure you could ask ChatGPT as well, some, some prompts on money. Um, but I think it's just a matter of going to it with a kind, curious attitude. And noticing the judgments as just thoughts, right? The judgments are going to come up. There's going to be resistance. Just those are all just thoughts. Can you observe those with kind, curious awareness as well? And then just, you know, explore. Yeah, I love the the self-kindness piece because of that yeah. tendency to turn away from the truth. Then it's can be a barrier to even just get started on doing sort of a the work right of actually moving through this so having a meta mindset of okay whatever comes up you know i'm going to to love and, and accept what is right and mm -hmm. even if that in of itself is not easy having the intention right having the intention okay right. if i can look at the truth here of my psyche look at the truth of I, I absorb these money beliefs from my home environment growing up right and just being honest right and it's not, it's not pointing fingers at anyone. It's just saying, can I live consciously? And can I live with acceptance of the facts of reality? The reality is also uh, an inner reality is, is a, is part of reality, your inner reality. So being courageous enough to um, what Nathaniel Brennan calls hug the cactus to, to look at what's below the surface. What are those money beliefs that have been maybe causing you you know, causing some problems in your life, have this 
if you have beliefs like I don't have enough money or um, beliefs blocking you from investing in yourself and these types of things, we can, we have the choice to, to kind of turn our, turn our backs, or we have the choice to, to have the cactus, to look at the truth. And it might feel painful, but like the question is, are you going to let it sit there and be dormant? Cause it's, it's, it's still in there in your, in your consciousness one way or the other. So you have the choice to look at it and begin to, you know, dissolve it perhaps by moving through that, perhaps that, that, that discomfort. Um, so the, so the, the self-kindness piece is so, is so key. Um, but I'm, I'm curious about to hear more about the investing in yourself because, ah, it's such a, it's such a powerful tool. You're just intention to say, I, I invest in myself. Mm-hmm. And yet I see so many people who have resistance to that. Um, again, you might go out to eat, you might go out to the bar, no, no problem. Right. But yeah. there's, there's so much resistance for many people in just investing in themselves. And I'd love to hear you talk about what might be some of those resistance points in your experience. And I think it's, it becomes beliefs that hold you back about money as well as just your self-worth. Right. So, right. Yeah. What would you say about the, the blocks that might hold people back from investing in themselves and also your experience with taking that leap and investing in yourself, even when it might not feel comfortable, and then realizing, oh, you know, once you get the ROI on that investment, then you realize almost all the time you're like, oh, it's definitely worth it. But it can be hard to move through that and take the leap. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great point. You know, one thing that as you were just talking really came up for me is just this this the fact that these are lifelong practices, right? Yeah. This is not something you're going to do once and you're just going to be free of, right? You know, these beliefs that we have, have been practiced. We've practiced them for all these years up until this point, right? Subconsciously or consciously. So they are there and they are part of us as the, you know, neuroplasticity, right? They're, they're well-worn paths in our brain. And so it's going to take a long time to start to unwind them, but it's a really worthy cause to do that. And to have the freedom that we want in our life and to live the life that we want, we really need to do that. And so that's one thing. And then the other thing is you're, you, you're really picking up on the, the importance of self-compassion in all of this work, right? For the longest time, in, when I was practicing meditation and mindfulness, I was only focused on the one aspect, the awareness piece, aware of my breath, my mind wanders, I bring it back over and over again. But the more I started to realize, wow, actually, like the non-judgment, the kind, curious, self-compassionate attitude is equally, if not more important to the practice, because I need to be able to look at these things with clear mind and clear uh, eyes, so to speak. And so that's really important to, to remember. It's like, be kind to yourself. This is not easy. And some of it might be a little bit upsetting at first, right? So give yourself some space, you know, do it in with, with, with your journal. You don't need to show it to anyone. You could literally rip it up and throw it away uh, right after I've done that before, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's hard to say what holds everyone back, but I think I can speak from my own experience, you know, that story about money from seeing my dad's, you know, successes and failures in business definitely play a factor for me. I think that when I kind of when I look at my own life, the the hesitancy to invest in myself kind of comes from a 
fear that I won't follow through, that I won't actually do the work and see the benefits. And, you know, I've had other stories in my life where I thought that I couldn't stick to anything, right? Like can't stick to eating healthy, going to sleep early, going to the gym. And meditation was actually the first thing that I stuck to because I just enjoyed taking the time for myself. And that allowed me to realize, actually, I can stick to things, right? And then I started tying push-ups to that. I would do push-ups after that. You know, like James Clear talks about habit stacking, right? So that was uh, helpful for me. And so my awareness that I have a hesitancy to invest in myself really made me kind of question, oh, why is that, right? Why is that? And start to take little steps to like do make investments in myself, right? And so, or like I just I have to learn lessons like five times uh, for me to actually start to really make progress on them sometimes. But I realized like end of last year, like okay, I want to I, I want to invest in myself, and I started doing like an online uh, personal training coaching thing, and I started showing up and doing the gym and doing the workouts and stuff like that, and uh, had some had some success there unfortunately have fallen off that a little bit, but like it showed me like, okay, I can actually do this. I can actually do this. And I can also start again. Another investment that I made in myself more recently is I'm investing in a a, a program, a kind of a business program to become a better podcast guest. And part of that is getting clear on whom, who am I serving? What am I offering them? And you know, like what's the transformation I'm offering and, and what, what are the stories that align with that? Right. So like really just getting clear on like, you know, what do I believe and what is my message to the world? And, you know, it was, it's by far the biggest investment I've ever made in myself, you know, thousands of dollars in the past would never, never, ever have done it. And I almost talked myself out of it. I was like, I can't do this. I don't have the time, you know, but it's all, all a fear of, I'm not going to follow through on this. And then I had that working out example, and I kind of didn't follow through on that. And so I'm, I'm like hesitant, but, you know, people that I've talked to that, that have joined me on the podcast or, you know, kind of coached me in various respects, you know, she said, this one woman, Amy said, you know, you're never going to regret investing in yourself, right? You may not even see all the benefits of that investment immediately, right? And I'm starting to see some benefits here, and I'm, I'm starting to see you know, the resistance or the fear come up around, am I going to actually stick to this? And this feeling, this belief or this feeling that I'm not where I should be, you know, back to the if only mindset, right? Oh, I should be further along in this program. I'm not making enough progress. Oh, it's going to be a waste of money. You know, all these stories coming up even today, right? And I need to like pull myself out of that and look at the evidence. Wow, look at all this progress you're making. Look at all these podcasts that you've, you know, booked yourself on. Look at all this clarity that you have now in your business that you didn't have before, right? I think one of the things that we don't do enough is take in the good. Look at the wins that yeah. we have. And, you know, I had a, a guy on my podcast named Narav Shah. He's like a early retiree, former executive, now teaches mindfulness and meditation. Um, online. And he says, you got to stop and take in the good. But I, my, me and I think so many other people are just, what's next? What's next? Oh, you get, I, I can't wait to get that promotion. You get that promotion. 
When's the next one? Right. And if we don't stop to look at how much, how far we've come, we'll never get there. We'll just keep chasing, keep chasing, and it will never be enough. And so this, these steps to invest in myself have so many benefits, just even in the bare fact that I have invested in myself, right? That I prioritize invest in myself. And I am the type of person who invests in myself, right? Because I back to the affirmation practice. Now I have evidence of that. And I take in the good of all the things that I've benefited. And then I can't even foresee all the benefits that are going to come from this, right? This conversation that I'm having with you, Joel, is a direct result of investing in myself, having a conversation with our mutual friend, Eric, and then him introducing us to each other. And now we're, we're both creating opportunity by joining each other on podcasts and having amazing conversations like this. So I think that, you know, you, you're never going to regret investing in yourself and you can't even foresee all the benefits that will come from it. Yeah. Stepping into that trust that having a, a guiding principle that investing in myself pays off having that story, even if it's intangible, even if it's immeasurable over mm-hmm. time, these things, these things come back to you, even if those seats sprout, you know, years in the future. Um, mm-hmm. So I love it, man. It, it all comes back down to between the ears, right? Like we can talk yeah. about, um, and we could have talked more today about, about like nuts and bolts tips for, for job hunting, but I love, I love that we're emphasizing this foundation here of, of between the ears and the stories we're telling ourselves and, and becoming mindful and aware of which ones we want to choose to, to tell ourselves. And that's, that's this foundation. Yeah. Um, you know, that to, to take another metaphor, I love my metaphors. It's, it's the, the Zamboni comes out to, <laughs> to make the ice rink smooth. And then you go out and skate. Right. So if, if you're job hunting, if you're looking to develop your career and all these things, like make sure you're not, you're, you're not ice skating on rough ice. Right. Can you create this time and carve out this time in your day? Even if it's just a little bit, it can be hard to, if you're balancing so many different, you know, projects and tasks throughout your day to, to create the time, right? And, you know, it comes down to the actually, actually applying and ex- executing on this type of wisdom, right? But if you can get, you mentioned James Clear, like getting down to simple steps, sim- simple micro habits, if you will, to start, to start changing your trajectory. And maybe if you just did one minute, five minutes a day, in this type of meditation, mindfulness, journaling, becoming aware of your thoughts, becoming aware of the stories, this can start, you know, moving you in that new trajectory. So once again, everyone, it's, it's a mindfulfire.org slash goal. And you can learn more about Adam's work and um, really appreciate you coming on the show today, Adam, and sharing this, this foundational perspective. So any other places you want to send people or any other closing thoughts here? Yeah, you know, as as you were kind of summarizing our conversation, I think that all of this can be summarized as self-awareness and clarity is going to serve you well in every aspect of your life, especially in your job search, right? And if you find yourself that you've been laid off or you you want to figure out what's next, right? Clarity and self-awareness are going to be the foundation that gets you there. And so I I think it's so important and I, and I, and if that's something that you want to do, you want to figure out what that vision is for your life. I'd love for you to check out my free envisioning guide. As you said, it's at mindfulfire.org slash Joel. And, um, I can also include the in, in there kind of when you download that, 
I, I'm thinking it might be helpful to include a short, like two minute meditation that I recorded um, that might get you started, give you a taste for this. And, you know, the way I think about this is this, this clarity and self-awareness, right? A lot of time, our mind is like a snow globe that's being shaken up and agitated, right? Practicing mindfulness and, and in this way, even for two minutes or one minute is like setting that snow globe down on the table allowing the snow to settle so that you can see more clearly what's inside, right? If you find yourself in this term, this turmoil of being laid off and having all these worries, you really got to set that snow globe down for even just a moment because it, that energy, that feeling affects everything that you do. It affects every way that you show up. And so the more that you can create this calm and this clarity, little by little, you're going to be so much clearer on the next step that you need to take, the way that you show up in that conversation with a recruiter or a hiring person, manager, or whatever it may be, and it's going to serve you in all aspects of your life. So I really encourage you to give this a try and take care of yourself in whatever way that that serves you best. So anyways, you can check me out on the Mindful Fire podcast. You can listen and subscribe wherever you download this, and you can get that free envisioning guide at mindfulfire.org slash Joel. Thanks so much for having me, Joel. My pleasure, Adam. It's been a blast and uh, looking forward to, we're going to do another conversation for your your show in the future and uh, excited for that. And um, yeah, thanks so much again. Yeah. Looking forward to that as well. My pleasure. Mm-hmm.